This is Mark at MarksForLove.com Men, if you looking for love and your name is Mark, then look no further. All you have to do is go to MarksForLove.com That's MarksForLove.com and ladies, if you looking for love from a man named Mark, then you look no further. All you have to do is go to MarksBelove.com. That's MarksBelove.com. Because at the end of the day, you can't spell love. Without M I K E at com. Paid for by Mike World Order Incorporated. in Estonia, May 14th, live on pay-per-view. It's the semifinals and finals of the George Hackenschmidt Invitational Cup. As top professional wrestlers from around the world fight to make history and crown the very first George Hackenschmidt Cup champion. See it live on primefight.tv, pay-per-view, or get your tickets to Helitea Stalin through ticketair.ee. With every sport and with every great story, there are always two great opposing forces. In professional wrestling, there have always been generational talents that rise above their peers to become the cream of the crop. In professional wrestling, names like Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr would both go on to become world champions in the 1970s were such a pair. Later on in the 1990s, Mitsuharu Misawa and Kenta Kobashi became such a pair for All Japan Pro Wrestling. In the 2000 era in WWE, John Cena and Randy Orton became such a pair, spearheading their generation and defining it. Now, here in Slam Wrestling in the Nordics and the Baltics of Europe, we have two young wrestlers who are going to spearhead professional wrestling into this starting decade. And they are Titi Suosalo of Finland and Dylan Broda, originally from Toronto, Canada. Titi Suosalo. I knew from day one, Slam Wrestling Finland's wrestling school, watching you do everything better than everybody else. I knew that we were either going to be the best of friends, or you're going to be a big pain in my ass. And after almost two years of watching you roll around in this ring, you are the biggest thorn in my side I've had. Hey Dylan, I remember you from the first day of the first ever Slam Wrestling Pro Wrestling Bootcamp. We started at the same time, 
me after spending a life doing all kinds of sports, mostly combat sports, I came there to try a new thing out, do something exciting and new. And then there were you, a guy who grew up with professional wrestling, loves the sport with every cell of his body. And I could tell you were really good from the day one, you were really good. But I'm me, I wanted to be better. I always want to be, be the best. I kept pushing myself to match you and I did. And I went beyond. I became better than you and you didn't like it. And you kept pushing yourself. And that's how we had the competition. And competition is good, right? That's why we are here. Now being bigger, stronger, faster, younger, prettier in the face, nice hair to me, TT. You're just a budget Superman. You are Clark Kent wishing he could be Superman. Wishing he could be Dylan Broda. But you're not the guy. You're not the guy that's going to elevate professional wrestling. You don't have the heart. Yeah, wrestling with you hasn't always been easy. You are not afraid to punch a guy. I can tell. Also, you like to talk a lot. I like to do a lot, so you sometimes just a little get under my skin. And because I'm a fair guy, I gotta admit, you really do know how to wrestle. Yeah, you do. But still, I am better. So May 7th, TT, I'm gonna show everybody. Tondi Raba, Ice Hall, King of Kings, Talon Estonia, I'm gonna show everybody, the thousands in attendance, the tens of, the hundreds, thousands watching all around the world on Prime Fight. But what really pisses me off about you is the fact that you have beaten me once, only once, and that was our debut match. Never after that you have been able to beat me, yet you keep rubbing that one time on my face all the time. But guess what? In Tallinn, May 7th, King of Kings in Tondiraba Ice Hall. I'm gonna beat you once again and I'm gonna beat you so good that I will shut you up about it for good. Two years ago, TT, this all started. You and I vying for the top spot in Nordic and Baltic professional wrestling. Well, that was 2020. And this is now. And coming on to the next decade, the future of Nordic and Baltic professional wrestling after they see what I've got, there's only going to be one name on their lips. And you're looking at him. We started training together and we were the best, two of the best in Finland. But looking to the future, there can be only one top guy. And I'm sorry, Dylan, but that one top guy is going to be. Welcome to Super Saturday here 
on Mike World Order. Can't wait for everyone to see our guests as soon as he comes in. But as always, good morning. You know what time it is. Good morning, everyone who has their cup of coffees, their chicken and waffles, and any other breakfast dish, cold pizza, if you will. Welcome to Mike World Order's Super Saturday that we've been doing for the second time. I am your host, Mike Thunder, the lover from down under, the man with the rumble, and as always, I bring the thunder. Today's guest, coming back, if you remember him before, gave a very uplifting episode, not just for pro wrestling fans, but people who needed that motivation. And not just your typical motivation, that kick in the ass that you need to help get you through life. And not just life, but on your own terms. As much as people like to talk about the promotion that was made by EC3, this man, in my opinion, really changed the game in terms of controlling your narrative and building the foundation. He's known for being the owner of Slam Wrestling Finland. He's the face, he's the big guy. It's his baby. Three-time European champion, Finland champion, champion in Japan. He's been everywhere. My intro can't speak for how much the guy has been you know, an all-around great person in terms of being someone you would say a jack-of-all-trades. But with him, he's pretty much been a master of each trade he's done. If you don't believe me, check out first look at our guest representing Slam Wrestling Finland, the one and only, the Rebel Starbuck. Hey there, my name is Michael Magellati, better known in the pro wrestling world as the Rebel Starbuck, a three-time European champion over the past 25 years that I've spent in the game globally. I head up a one-of-a-kind service named Slam Wrestling Finland. Slam Wrestling Finland offers the very best professional wrestlers from around the world to your specific events. Our international level of top talents guarantees a world-class show and experience for you as the customer. The multifaceted and diverse matchups that we feature ensure that you get the full-on experience that only live, world-class professional wrestling can offer. Whether it be an arena show, a nightclub event, 
a family-friendly kids show, a company event, a pre-Christmas party, an expo or a festival. Our event offering and content can be customized according to your specifications and demands. If you fondly recall the WWF Pro Wrestling that was featured here in the Nordics on Sky Channel in the 80s, or the WCW or New Japan Pro Wrestling that was featured on Eurosport in the 90s, or the WWE SmackDown shows that were wildly popular on TV in the 2000s, then Slam Wrestling Finland is for you. We offer the best, the very best, in professional wrestling here in Europe with international flavor and flair. Slam Wrestling Finland represents the best live sports entertainment on the market today, guaranteeing you an unforgettable custom-tailored event experience from top to bottom. Contact us today and let us make you an offer full of dynamic action, larger-than-life international stars, and rock and roll spirit beyond compare. Custom tailored on demand. Welcome to the show, Starbuck. Hey, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna correct you right away. It's four time European champion. Oh, four time. Yeah, My apologies. My apologies. No problem. No problem. So if you ever hit five times, does that mean we're gonna see the star buckaroonie? Yeah. No, no, I don't I don't do uh I don't do break dancing. But this year I'm gonna do I'm gonna do rap. <laughs> I saw a clip of you doing a rap uh track and yeah, yeah. I was like, hold up. He's actually pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm basically just I'm, it's just a big jerk-off session to me because, I'll be honest with you, you know, I'm not a rap guy at all. And uh, the thing is that nowadays, because we live in the day and the age of all-inclusive society, where anybody can be whatever the fuck that they want. So if you want to be a Tonka truck with a, with a lizard tail, that's your prerogative. You can be a man one day, a woman the other. You know what, I'm, you know what I mean? So for me... Yeah. Come come middle age, I'm just going to be a rap artist, a world-renowned rap artist. It's kind of like calling yourself a millionaire without having no money. That's true. So, so <laughs> like for me, um, with my bad Stoner Kings, uh, we are doing actually a rap cover of Vinnie Paz and his song "End of Days," because the the time and the day and the age that we live in right now, it's just so messed up. It's so messed up because the governments are, are around the world have overstepped the boundaries, overstepped the lines. Uh, the, totali the totalitarian nature of their measures uh, in the last two years is unforgivable. I mean, they should all be kicked out. Every single one of these governments should be kicked out. And for me personally, uh, to make a statement in this day and age that we live in, uh, this song, End of Days by Vinnie Paz, if you listen to the lyrics... It hits the nail directly straight on the head. And that's why we decided to do this. The next Stoner Kings album is coming out this year. It's the fourth album that we've done. And it's going to be a massive statement. It's going to be a, it's it's literally a kick right between the uprights as hard as we can. Ooh. <laughs> I can't wait for it to release. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, of Stoner Kings, we'll, we'll later on in the show 
uh, play one of your music videos. But uh, All right. yeah, I mean, it, it's like most things. It's not your typical band. Like when most people think of a band like Stoner Kings, they're going to automatically think, okay, it's a rap band. Because a lot of different bands that associated with the term stoner or, you know, anything that has to do with marijuana, it's mm. always a rap band. So when you first mentioned, when I first saw the group Stoner Kings, I'm like, my first initial reaction was, okay, Starbucks going into rap. But then once I started listening to the tracks, okay, it's more of a harder version of what Crossfire brings. You know. No, it's 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 not really crossfire. Crossfire is southern rock. It's bluesy yeah. southern rock, and and that's where Stoner Kings is more like, it's more like that traditional template of Black Sabbath meets Motorhead, kind of like metal, uh, like hard hard rock metal or heavy rock, um, and and that's where, um, like Stoner Kings is from the beginning, from right from the get go was was formed as a band. Uh, that that was meant to actually create like a statement. Uh, I all, I often said that Stoner Kings was like it was like pro wrestling in musical form. That was my that was my little uh, tagline for or like plug for, for what we did. Um, and Crossfire, on the other hand, is is we don't make so much of a societal statement with what we you know sing about the songs that we write. Uh, whereas Stoner Kings, I really make the point of getting under people's skin and making you think. I want to make you think. I want to provoke you to the point where you're going to have to make a choice. And I do it some, like very consciously because um, the day and the age that we live in, it's so politically correct. And, and this pandering, uh, the, the, the fear of social media... The fear of backlash on social media, the cancel culture, all this, it's its gotten to the point where like people are afraid to live their lives. They're afraid to actually do and say what they want to do and do and say. Um, and, and since the beginning of time, I believe that rock and roll has always been the voice of the counterculture. If you look at the roots of rock and roll music, it has always been the voice of both anarchy and the voice of dissent and the voice of the counterculture. It's the voice of rebellion. But please tell me who today represents any of those qualities in rock and roll? Who? It's done. It's gone. They've done away with I think after grunge and new metal and all that, and mind you, I, I do love my grunge and my new metal bands, but you know, in terms of how rock and roll used to be, um, I'd, I'd say more like your classic rock than your punk rock era, especially punk rock. That was mm. pretty much more rebellious. And me being a big Henry Rollins fan, yeah. Was. Example, yeah, you, you just said the magic word. That's past tense. Yeah. Was. Who today? Look at the artist today. Look at what they sing about. Look at Listen to the lyrics. Listen to the message. Listen to what they have to say. Who today is counterculture? Who today is ballsy? Who today stands out? Who today is rebellious? What are you rebelling against? What is the status quo? What is the what's the order of the day? What's the company line today that like all society totes and and basically uh, drags in front of your face? Like the, that's we should like in rock and roll we should be the antithesis of all of that. But please tell me who is. 
I'd, I'd probably have to say the last band I can think of was probably Ice T's body count group before he got big on Law and Order. Once he got big on Law and Order, he kind of toned down how his tracks used to be. Yeah, but that once again, I'm backtracking because I'm, I'm asking the question: Who today? Yeah, not who yesterday. Not not who ten years ago. Not who fifteen years ago. I'm saying who in the year 2020 is doing due diligence and justice to what rock and roll was supposed to be initially. Can't think of one. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody is doing the job that needs to be done, and they have prostituted and sold the soul of rock and roll. You know, there, there was a saying, even Black Sabbath had a T-shirt back in the day in the 80s, we sold our souls for rock and roll. Yeah. Well, nowadays, rock and roll has sold its soul. It's done. It's dead. Dead in the water. And, and that's, and the thing is, if you look at Quorb, do you, you know what Quorb is? Quorb.org? Yeah. K-W-O-R-B, yeah, right? So it's, it's the charts for uh, the most streamed, downloaded, whatnot, uh, music in the world. So the most popular songs and artists... On a, on a weekly basis, they're all listed on Quorb. Yep. So if you look at where does the first rock band place, do me a favor, go on Quorb and find the first rock artist and please tell me where they where, where they actually, what their position is on the charts. All right, people, we're going on Quorb. Quorb Radio. Let's see. Oh, that's a big ass. Okay. Uh, uh, you're having a hard time now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm already at 70. Oh, you got to go a lot further. Yeah, there's. <laughs> Rock and roll is dead. It's dead. It's done. Wow. I'm literally still scrolling. I think Metallica comes first, and it's somewhere past 400. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you, you know what? what? I mean? That's too you much scrolling. I mean? Yeah. It's basically music that I hear constantly on people's TikToks when they do yeah. stupid challenges. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's most of it. It's mostly looking at the songs, and I didn't see not too many classics either. It's basically the same songs that's been oversaturated as shit on TV, movies, social media. Same old shit, SOS. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But that's my whole point. So like, the, the thing is that, like, uh, you know, with Crossfire, with my with my bands, I've, I've played a lot for the different biker groups, you know, the, the real rebels out there, the one percenters. Um, and I, I remember playing for, uh, the hell's angels several years back. Say what? <laughs> played for the hell's angels. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people, so the thing is, but we played, we played for the, for the guys and, and I looked around at their, uh, at their, their party that they had summer party. And, and I asked, um, where's all the young blood? Where are all your younger members? Cause everybody that I saw was over the age of 50. And they told me that guys today are not interested anymore in motorcycles. The boys, the young men, 
All they care about is their video games. So the thing is, I never thought I'd see the day in the age where even classic motorcycle groups would suffer maybe uh, extinction or demise because of the fact that nobody's signing up no more. And that's a shame because yeah, that used to be the thing when it came to rock and roll, you know, the leather yeah. pants, the best, the motorcycles. Yeah. Like, first that's thing it. that comes to mind for me is uh, you ever you remember that movie from like the late nineties, no, the late eighties, I think. It was uh, it was called Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth, former NFL football player. I and I probably was, I don't remember ever seeing it, but uh, I might have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty much he was an undercover cop mm. that was joining the biker gangs and all that. Mm. And it just the fact of seeing that, I was like, these dudes are badasses. You got the old school rock and roll playing and all that, and mm. you know, you you really don't see that. And, and you're right, I don't see a lot of motorcycle driving people. I think yeah. I probably got one friend who's 24. He's he wants to buy him a, a motorcycle, but. Mind you, he's 24, but with his interest in music and all that, you would have thought the, the kid was born in 1980 because he likes the yeah. classics in terms of rock and metal and all that. Mm, mm -hmm. And it's like, but he, but, but, but he's he represents the few and the far between, exactly. Very few, very, very few. It's very like the masculine few. man, it's it's it, it, they've gone the way of the cuckoo bird. You know, so it's like when you look around, it's like the same with the feminine woman, like the classic feminine Miss Elizabeth kind of woman, gone right. the way of the cuckoo bird. They they done. They gone. It's like a, a relic, a memory from the past. So the thing is, like, guys that like this kind of music, I think it's it's an older demographic. And then the young ones that catch on to it somehow light a fire under their ass and they find Black Sabbath and they find Iron Maiden. They find all these, like, classic great bands. Uh, they are the, the you know... They take the, the path less trodden, and but they are the vast minority. It's it's sadly that's that's the thing, you know. Yeah. Times change, it, it, and sadly, you know, I think we can both agree with, you know, the current state of music based on this photo. I mean, <laughs> it, it is what it is. It is, but that's the state of society. You know, it's like I never thought that we'd come to the day and the age where the the world that I grew up in in the 1970s and 80s. I was born in 73, but so like I what I recall, I recall some of the 70s still from my childhood, and then I especially the 80s. I recall like just like it was yesterday, even the 90s. Uh, but but like the day and the age that I grew up in, it's like it's not the same world at all, at all, and everything has drastically changed the, the the moral values of people the the ethics of society uh the mores and all 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 to do with that you think about like the fact that on on iphones or whatever they got those new emoticons where like pregnant men emoticons guys with like pregnant bellies that you can like you, you can use as your whatever avatars or whatever are you fucking kidding me we've gone so far off the deep end it, that I mean, it's like common sense and biology have gone out the window. Common sense and biology. And people, it's like, you know, they talk about 72 different genders in Canada alone. Well, you know how new this is, this whole gender thing is like maybe 
five years or so in the past five years talking about 72 different genders now wait a fucking minute when i grew up in the 80s not a single person that i knew was confused about their gender identity we did not have kids that were depressed we didn't have youth and young people that were depressed uh that that, that like didn't know what the fuck was going on didn't know which way was up which way was down we didn't have any of that and today I, I talk to people who are, are, are teachers. They're actually professors at universities and colleges here in Finland. They tell me, uh, and they're, or then they're in like schooling courses where they, they, they actually head up the courses for, for different vocations. And they, they tell me that like never before have they had a situation where there's so many kids that are taking time off for mental issues who need help dealing with personal mental issues it's gone completely off the fucking rocker people are confused for no for no reason why are you confused what's there to be confused about you think about it and and i think wasn't it last time that i was on on your show here but i i got a really good philosophy that i think is it's it sticks to whatever you throw it at yeah it's it's the truth honest to god truth and it's undebatable okay and it goes like this um in the end everything in life always boils down to two options we as human beings and individuals have made it difficult for no reason whatsoever just because we thought we we're so fucking clever and in our own wisdom we've become the absolute asinine dumbasses of the earth in the end, everything is super, super simple. And the way it goes is this. It's either up or down. It's either left or right. It's either yes or no. It's either live or die. Everything boils down at the end of the day to only two. Maybe is not an answer. Maybe is at that moment, right then and there, it doesn't matter who says maybe, it's a no when they say when, when they say maybe even if they mean yes because they've said maybe it's actually a no because it leaves you hanging basically hanging with your dick in the wind and and just waiting for the fucking train so that's where we as people why are people today so confused why are they confused about their gender why are they confused about sexuality why are they confused about what to do in life about who they are as people but who they are as a man or a woman or a or a troglodyte why are they confused there's no reason to be look in the fucking mirror and and the thing is that like that's where our society like i said just to backtrack the, the reason i went on this tangent is because as we spoke about rock and roll and about music losing its soul about well, rock and roll in specific losing its soul um and the fact that times have changed the world that we grew up in at least that i grew up in i mean i just turned 49. last sunday i turned 49 years of age and uh and i look back and i think to myself where did we go so wrong because there's no reason for it there's absolutely no reason anyway on to the next issue it makes sense but uh, <laughs> and and you know it just you know it goes to the theory of keep it simple you know 
Yeah. There's really nothing to be confused about, you know. No. Everyone knows what they like. I think it's because, and this is just me, Mm -hmm. and and this has been my theory. Everyone Mm -hmm. is following the trend. It's what the trend is going on, so they're going to follow the trend. It's like like a mouse smelling cheese. And Mm. it's going to the cheese, right? And you think Mm -hmm. it's cheese you're going to. You see the cheese, but sadly, Mm. right as soon as you get to that cheese, you kind of forget on the other side of that cheese is the other end of a mousetrap. Mm-hmm. We get we we get suckered into it. It's like those old school posters that they used to have at school. There's a sucker born at every minute. That's P.T. Barnum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's too many people following the trend. Like, I get it. People are following the trend just to please one another, but the one thing I like about our staff at Mike World Order, we, everyone's mm. their own person. They're they're not following a trend. They they're not yeah. trying to be like what everyone else is. And mind you, me being the youngest in the group of Mike mm-hmm. World Order, alongside you know J Rod and Filthy Tom, like mm-hmm. you know, it, it's one of those things. They we follow to the beats of our own drums, regardless of mm-hmm. what anybody or anything says on social media. You know, and that's that's what I like about that. You know, that it, we have our own flavors, but still carry those values. You know, and the thing is, like, I think the reason why they, I mean, if anybody's out there that's listen, listen to this has actually read up on any psychology, just basic human psychology, um, about eighty percent of the people in the world are proven to be followers, and uh, under twenty percent are leader types and and that actually have the moxie and the the toolkit and the and the type of character above all to be leaders uh and and leadership is not manipulation it is not fear nor is it manipulation leadership i've said this often in slam wrestling everybody that's ever worked for me i believe can vouch for this and i hear it all the time from the foreign people that come in to work for me i hear from my own crew and it is this that what is a true leader i ask a true leader is somebody, let me just turn the phone because I got this glare happening. Um, yeah, so a true leader is somebody who's akin to a to to a captain of the Roman Guard, for example, uh, the Roman Legion. Okay, after the after a day on the battlefield, they retreat back to their camp. They're going to have dinner. They're going going to go into the banquet hall or the big tent, and the captain is going to sit down first. And then the entire entourage, the troop, sits down with him. They eat. And when the captain decides to rise from the table, what happens? What happens? (laughs) The entire troop, without question, without a word, will rise with him. If he turns and puts on his coat, his jacket, his his cloak, and he walks out of that banquet hall, his troop will follow him out without question. If he picks up arms, his troop will pick up arms with him. Why is that? That's not because of fear, not because of manipulation, and not because of duty. That's because of respect. That's because they know that this man is in the trenches with them. They know that this man is led by example. They know that this man is a proactive leader. 
that's what leadership is. And that's why so few people today know what the fuck to do with a leadership position. And that's why there's so much what they call bullying happening. This entire all-inclusive culture that we live in actually produces and promotes bullying. Because if you're not like the status quo, if you ain't like the company line, if you ain't toting everything that everybody else is holding to be the word of the day on social media, you will be ostracized, you will be bullied. That's what it produces. So the thing is, like, real leadership empowers people. It gives you personal empowerment and tools by, and it, that comes by leading by example. And uh, that's why, for example, if you look at the world today, there's so few mentors out there. Everything has been monetized to the tits. Everything out there. So if you want any professional help, you're going to have to call a helpline and you're going to have to pay for that help. There's no free help to be had unless maybe the, the local church has a goodwill service or something like, you know, that, that might be open to you. But in general, our, our society has become so monetized that everything is so, it's so greedy that real mentorship is hard to come by. Real mentorship. And when I say mentorship, that includes apprenticeship. What do you need? For mentorship to happen, you need a real leader that men, and when I say men, I say what I mean is people in general, that men will follow. And they will follow based on the fact that they believe in this guy. There's a guy called Simon Sinek. You can find him on YouTube. He's got a website called startwithwhy.com. He's a brilliant man. And you got to listen to his TED Talks and a lot of the other stuff that he's got, the videos that he's got out and he says this, this is one of his lines. He says, people don't want, they don't buy what you sell. They buy what you believe. Value comes yeah, to value. I've heard that before numerous times. Yeah. Value comes to value. And if you work with people of a similar belief system, people of a similar value system, people of, uh, people of similar morals, and similar uh, ethics, you will get much farther in life. It's just the nature of the world. It's just the nature of things. It, it goes on its own accord, as they say. Huh? It's like a flowing river. You don't have to force it. It's, the water will just find the nooks and the crannies to run through. And that's where um, the reason why so many people today are so fucked up, because they're such sheep, sheeple, is because it's so much easier to go with the flow. It's so much easier to try to get accreditation to be liked and affirmation people's, how could you say, just the vain likes on social media. To, it's like the social credit score in China. You know, the, the neighbors are so afraid of one another. They're so afraid of people around them dropping their social credit score down because the thing is that if they don't toe the company line and do what the government says, it's their shit out of luck. They won't have money to buy food that, that, that month. Because their social credit is too low. That's where we're going as a society. That's coming to the West. I mean, it's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's just a matter of time. Do, you know, look at the way that your leaders have acted until now in the past two years. They've shown their teeth. They've shown what they're willing to do. It's like George Carlin said, it's a big club and you and I are not a part of that club. 
And people, you got to understand, your leaders, they don't give a flying fuck about you. They don't care about you. All they care about is their own position and the power that that position affords them. And we keep on electing these, these people into office. Now, I'm sure that there's maybe some good people out there that might be worth people's trust. But once you're in the system, you realize that you got to toe the political company line. You can't just do your own agenda. You can't get away with that. You're going to get killed. They're going to snuff you. So therefore, reason why, you know, the, the greatest evil of all is when good men do nothing. But then when good men try to do something, they get killed. Yeah. That's the world that we live in. That's, and that's, now, that's so true if you think about it. Yeah, if you think about it, this is exactly how things are. Not kind of, exactly. So now I'm looking at why are 80% of the people in the world, even like, it's not just a modern thing, but I mean, why is it so easy today to be a sheep? A sheeple, part of the sheeple. It's because of the fear. The fear of your neighbors, like Will Smith said, Many years ago, he said, people spend their lives working jobs they hate to buy shit that they don't need to impress people that they don't like. That's true. And it's true. It's so true. What? It's, it's nobody's, nobody's, nobody's opinion going to make you any richer. Nobody's opinion about you going to make you any better. They're not going to build you up. Not going to strengthen you. Strength, comes, it comes from within. You got to stand up. It's like that when the wind blows, it's like you got to stand on the two legs and stick legs grow some tree trunks you got to do that <laughs> leg day yes yeah exactly friends don't let friends skip leg day and uh but this is the way it is so little uh tirade there but nonetheless it's good for you all to hear i love it right i love it there's there's always uh there's always truth and you know um and i just like mentioning on the, on the last show uh, there's not too many people these days in this generation that has that, you know, camaraderie of someone that takes on that leadership and, and not just leadership, that mentorship, you know, not, not, not many people have the tool set to be honest. People, Where, what they, they want the position, they want the popularity of having that position, but they yeah. don't want to, you know, maintain that position. Like uh, some people I used to always say as an inside joke, it's easy to be the world champion. It's mm. harder to maintain it because mm. it gets lonely at the top. Well, that's what Harley Race said. He said that it's lonely at the top when he was world champion. So, But it is. I mean, the thing is that the higher that you get in life, the higher that you climb the ladder of understanding or the higher that you climb the ladder of success or whatever have you, uh, the masses are not found there. It's going to get thinner. The air is going to get thinner. And you're going to have to find people on that wavelength of wherever you are in life at any given point in time. It's like choosing a life mate. So as we as men, we choose ourselves, you know, we, we look for a wife. And when you look for somebody that you want to share your life with, um, the number one thing that we're missing the ball on as like a society, because we're so engineered, we're so geared to the external things in life, uh, whether that's the looks or the money or the status and whatnot, but we're so geared uh, to think only and solely in those terms that the number one thing that, that like is the, is the 
how could you say it's 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 the prerequisite for your possible either failure or success with a life mate and it boils down to two words a kindred spirit if you are not on the same wavelength as the person whom you aspire to be with how in the fuck in the flying titty fuck as jim Cornette would say how in the flying titty fuck are you going to how are you going to facilitate <laughs> harmony and have a good balanced life with a person that you're looking to live with how you can't they're going to be interested in different shit than you so therefore it's like you won't have common ground with that person then it's like because they ain't on the same page with you as far as like who you are as a man. They're not a, they're not on the same page with like let's say you might start out okay, you might start out. It's like that. there was actually a guy called God Saad, G A A D S A A D. All right, he's a Middle Eastern um, uh, what do you call it? a psychologist. He's right. been on Joe Rogan a couple of times. Smart guy, very smart. He talks about. Um, he talks about, uh, you know, relationship dynamics. One of the things that he talks about is this. He says that uh, the, uh, the higher that a woman educates herself, the harder it becomes for her, just like with women that are over 5 foot 11 tall. Because the thing is, a woman does not want to marry down. So the more that you educate yourself, and the higher that you climb that social ranking, or the taller that you are in stature, you will have the harder time of landing a potential life mate. Now, this is not a question of, of opinion. This is a factual statement. This is this is like they've studied this. Yeah. yeah. Um now the thing is that like when you're looking for 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 like balance and harmony and for the maximal impact of what a relationship, for example, could give you. I know we're going to, we're getting off on a tangent again, but so what? Um, cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Cause it's universal and everybody can identify with what I'm saying right now. So the thing is there, if something is true, it's universally true. It's not just, it's not just exclusive to a certain part of the world. It's, it's a universal cause we're all, we're all human beings. We all have mind, body, spirit. We all shit, piss and have, have sex. So it's just the way, you know, the ball bounces. Um, but, but the thing is that, that, uh, like if you don't have kindred spirit, if you're not on that same, same wavelength, you can get married and get involved seriously with your significant other at the age of 20 when she is the homecoming queen and you are the football captain. Guess what? 30 years going to roll by. You're going to be 30 and you know, what's going to happen at 30 at third by 30, your missus might've gone to career college or she might have gone to university and she might have actually become a doctor and you're still working at Jiffy Lube. That's almost guaranteed to be a prerequisite or a precursor for failure right there. Oh yeah. Your relationships, your relationship going to fall apart. Why is that? Because you're on a different social hierarchy and it takes a very special mindset and most people don't have the mindset. Most people in our world don't have the moxie, the wherewithal, the understanding 
the soul mud, as I like to call it, um, to to understand what where the real value lies in life. And I just gave you the real value in two words. And it is, once again, kindred spirit. A like-minded spirit. A familiar, similar spirit. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, you're going to get older. You're not going to be so pretty anymore. You might get injured. You might get a disease. You, Whatever, life happens to all of us. But the thing that is, the, the thing is going to carry you with the other person that's your life mate, for example, is the fact that they're on the same page with you and they support you because they understand you. Not out of obligation, not out of duty, but because they're on the same fucking page. It's second nature, Mike. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, oh trust it's, me, it's, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's inhale and exhale. It's a symbiosis. So... That's that's where uh, most people in this life, once again, being that they are sheeple, it's so much easier to go with the flow and to fall into line and tow the company line and try to be liked by everybody because it's non-threatening and you want to maintain the status quo. You don't want to be out of your comfort zone. You want to have the good life, the easy life. You want to buy into whatever they're selling you because the thing is that somehow you think that this brand of clothing is going to make you feel more desired. Somehow you think that vacation somewhere is going to make your life somehow better for two weeks. Somehow you think owning that house is security. None of that shit at the end of the day means nothing because once, once again, the stock market crashes, COVID comes around, it's going to wipe that out. All of a sudden, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. What do you got then? Fuck all. If you don't have a kindred spirit, you just went bankrupt. That's true. That's, oh my gosh. Damn, Starbucks, you hit that right on the money. Because <laughs> yeah. that's that's pretty much how, that's pretty much how it's been for me almost a year now with the uh, with my current partner. Uh, Good. Some people you just click with right off the bat. It, yeah. You really do. And um and most people that as they call it the honeymoon phase whereas mm -hmm. out after a couple of months it's just as good now as it was in the beginning if not better um because it's it's always good to have that partner that will support you and help you grow as you're growing even more you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I have a I have a friend. I have a friend in Finland who is actually a family counselor. They're uh, a psychologist. Um, and this lady, she's about one or two years older than myself. And uh, she told me about seven years ago, maybe actually more, maybe actually nine years ago. Uh, she told me that what she found in her work as a psychologist uh, was that the best relationships in the world are the ones where the counterparts of that relationship look to build each other up in the strengths, the, the unique strengths, goals, dreams, and aspirations that they each have. If you're able to not, like, you don't try to force your partner into a certain mode or into a certain role or into a certain template, but you accept them for who they are and their unique gifts and their own aspirations, their hopes, their dreams and all that. And you're able to breathe life into them 
and you're able to spur them on, encourage them in those areas and help them achieve that, that, that end goal that they're after, uh, your relationship will more likely than not will be fantastic. Oh yeah, it, it has been like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good for you, man. It's 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 been nothing but growth, man. Nothing but growth. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things. That it just keeps getting like like a ladder. It just keeps getting up higher and higher. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, happy for you, man. Oh man, it's like I said, it's it's been crazy because I remember uh, twenty twenty. I said uh, three things were gonna happen. I said, um, because, you know, I was at the time 33, I turned 35 in December and I was, uh, well, no, I was 32 at the time. It was during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. So Mm -hmm. I think 32, whatever the age was, it was in 2020, but I kept saying, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when this pandemic is all over, I said three things at this point. I want to happen. I was like, I want my podcast to be that next level to where it doesn't feel like work, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I wanted to work for the company that I always wanted to work for as a kid because of, you know, growing up military. Mm. And then I said, I want to find someone that will help me grow as a person overall. Yeah. I was like, one of those three things. And the third piece happened last June. So That's good. Everything pretty much came into uh, fruition. The podcast got better during the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. 2021, worked for the company that I wanted to work for. And they, they're very supportive of the podcast, too. Um, mm-hmm. shock, shockingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I said, last June, that's when it pretty much started planting the seeds with the uh, person that, uh, that I'm with now. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of those things where uh, you, you, you want a woman that helps you grow as a person and, and just help you grow in just not just as a person, but in many other areas too that basically your weaknesses turns into your strengths on another That's level. That's and, it. Uh, and it goes back to what you said about the, the kindred spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she even told me, she was, she's like, you get me. I was like, you apparently I've been was had by you, you know, mm. but uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things that it's, it's only going to get better from, you know, and I even wish at, you all the best. Oh, appreciate it. You know, mm. <laughs> well should we get into the pro wrestling yeah yeah this whole time we went from relationships to you know manning um yeah rock and roll yeah rock and roll and that's another thing too i wanted to, to mention about on today's episode um because i was talking to my mom about you know you coming back on the show and I was mm-hmm. telling about your, you know, wrestling background, your rock and roll background. And the first mm-hmm. thing that she popped up in conversation when mentioning it was, do you remember that Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling cartoon? I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and she was like, the guy you're talking about reminds me of that. Because during that mm-hmm. time frame, 
wrestling yeah. and rock was like in the mix. Yeah, yep. and TV had like the battle of the century with Hogan and all that, and mm-hmm. you know, you had the rock and wrestling faction, and yep. they turned into a cartoon, and you know, mm-hmm. we really haven't seen that in pro wrestling. Until now, when you started uh, pretty much Slam Wrestling Finland, like I've seen your Americana shows and all that, and mm. do the concerts as well too. And I'm like, mm. you really don't see that. You see that more in movies than you would mm. like real life. And something like that we haven't seen in over 30 years. So well, the the thing is, like for me, like Slam Wrestling is a throwback. Um, because like, if you listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, um, 83 weeks, uh, he often says that he realized once he got bankrolled to do nitro that, um, he couldn't be better than Vince. I mean, production wise, you just can't be better than what Vince puts out. Right. So it's, uh, if you can't be better than you've got to be different than now in the modern indie rific wrestling climate. Um, I look at all these different companies that are producing content and having matches and they have their own rosters, whether it's impact or whether it's ROH, which is now a subsidiary of, of AEW, uh, whether it's WWE or whether it's new Japan or whatnot. And, and to my chagrin, I have to say that the, what used to be a unique palette before, as far as the, Every different companies had their own style in the eighties and seventies. We had something that everybody in the, in the industry understood as being Memphis style, right? Walk and talk. Oh yeah. Uh, then there was the Southern style, which is like down in Georgia, down in Florida, whatnot. Mid Atlantic. Uh, yeah. Mid Atlantic style. Right. Then they had their own style up in the Pacific Northwest with Don Owen in Calgary for Stu Hart had their own style there in, in Japan. New Japan was, they had a different style than all Japan. Yep. Because all Japan was kind of more Americanized style. Yeah. And the thing is that, like, if you look at UFC, when when UFC started and Royce Gracie and Ken Shamrock and them were making the rounds, um, UFC in the beginning was a much more interesting, more more diverse, uh, like, piece of business than what it is today. Now, nowadays, MMA is it's it's a certain type of one singular form of of combat it's the same kimuras it's the same rear naked chokes it's the same guard it's the same mount it's it's all that right whereas it used to be royce gracie uh against let's say uh, a kickboxer back in the day right or a judoka uh against the submission wrestling or whatever have you. But the, the thing is that the initial UFC template offered you different styles of fighting arts against one another to see that which fighting art was supreme. And the, what used to be in pro wrestling was that in the 80s and the 70s, especially 70s and 80s, uh, we had Abdullah the Butcher, who had a very unique slasher live slasher movie wrestling style. Nothing pretty about it. No specific holds, no headlocks and shit like that. It was just like slash, gouge, rip and tear. Uh, Bruiser Brody had his own style. Just a wild windmill coming in there just laying waste to everybody. Ric Flair had his own methodic, calculating style. 
Hulk Hogan had his own specific style. Roddy Piper had his own specific style. Uh, Afonsica, the Wild Samoans, had their own specific style. The Steiner brothers had their own specific style. Nobody wrestled like the Steiners. Nobody. Nobody. The Road Warriors were unique back in the day. Nobody was like Hawk and Al. So my whole point is this, that what used to be that in our business, we ha used to have unique entities that wrestled. Uh, they were all able to do the job, but the thing is that they, they were still unique unto themselves, and they were not carbon copies of the next guy. Whereas today, everybody's trained by the same template to be just like the next guy. They move like the next guy. They work like the next guy. And it's really hard to stand out of the pack, whether it's UFC, MMA, or whether it's pro wrestling, or whatever whatever else have you. Everybody is trained by the same template. There's and when no you look at all that, there's no originality. And there's nobody willing to go out on a limb and take a chance. Because they're, they, they've accepted the status quo. It's that whole thing with the 80% now again. The sheeple. And... When I look at all these different wrestling companies today, I'm thinking to myself, why do if if, if I'm going to have my own network, which is coming this summer, so the Slam Rest dot it's, it's called Slam Rest TV. So S L A M W R E S dot TV. It's going yeah. to be like our version of the WWE network. So it's question. coming. Yeah. Um, and I'm, it, it might be too soon of me asking. Uh, yep. Forgive my forgive my ignorance of asking. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, would would the app be compatible for Fire Stick? For what? Fire? For uh, Amazon Fire Stick. The app. I, I got no idea because I'm not tech savvy. I, I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm dumb as a fucking doorknob <laughs> when it comes to tech. <laughs> like the, so with like the network, they have it where you can play the, the app on your TV, your phone, your computer. Oh, like like Chromecast, kind of like yes. Google Chrome Chromecast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll be up to up to date because there's an industry standard for that. Like nowadays, so yeah. but my whole but my whole point is this: that when I look at the landscape of professional wrestling, now all these different companies that are still like you know that that are here today, and that have their own streaming, they have their own little uh, library uh, that that they you know uh, charge a monthly fee for. And I'm thinking to myself, why do I want to be like everyone else? Because if I'm going to be, how how is Slam Wrestling going to be different than? If you can't be better than, because I can't be better than Vince, I, production values and all that, I can't do that. I don't have the money for it. Um, but by the same token, the way that I teach my guys, the way that I bring my talents up, I don't teach them the modern indie-rific style. I teach them all around American. It's a certain style uh, people in the business will understand what this means, but um, all all Amer all around American style. So there's a bit of brawling, a bit of high flying, uh, technical. Your groundwork is is solid. Your 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 fundamentals are seamless. Um, I teach all around American. Now, the thing is that when I realize what I bring to the table as both a coach and as a business owner and as a creative mind, I don't identify with what the wrestling business has become. I identify with what I grew up on. Now, whatever you grew up on musically, let's go back to rock and roll. If you think, if, you're, if your parents or your grandparents say that Elvis is a king, he's the king. Nobody's, and it, nobody, no matter what comes along, nobody's going to ever beat Elvis. It's because 
during their youth, Elvis was the thing. The same thing happened. I've, I've seen it with some of my wrestling students when Limp Biscuit was a big thing. Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit. I have guys that were like, Limp Biscuit is the shit. It's the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. And they grew up on it. It was the fundamental, the years of their youth uh, that, that dictated and that formed that, that uh, how could you say, emotional attachment in their minds. Now, I grew up on 80s wrestling. Some 90s, but my real passion is it's, in, it's found in 80s wrestling. And when I look at my demographics, because you have to, as a business owner, you have to have metrics. And when I look at my, my, my business breakdown of, of whether it's on YouTube or whether it's Facebook business, uh, who frequents my site? Who frequents my page? Who is checking out my shit and from where? What's their age demo and etc. cetera? Uh, it's by and large. Um, the biggest demo is men between the age of, I believe, 34 and uh, 45. 34 and 45. There is a large demo between the age of 25 to 34. Uh, there is a sizable demo, not as big, but still a sizable demo from 46 to 54. So the thing is that what this proves to me, and when I talk to people, you have to understand your market. And when I look at my market here and what has been on television, because that's really what dictates what's familiar to people is what's been on TV, what's been in the media, what's been featured prominently in your country, in your area of the world. People here received WWF programming around 1989-ish, 88-89. They started to get WWE and they remember the Hulk Hogan's. They remember the Ultimate Warriors. They remember the Macho Man's. They remember Jake the Snake. They remember all of these, the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman, Hart, blah, 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 Andre the Giant. So my demo, my, my core audience here uh, is they grew up on, they're basically, they represent by and large the same age demo as me. Some younger, because the thing is that in the 1990s, we had WCW on television here. It was WCW Thunder. And um, on behalf of the shitty wrestling during that era, we apologize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, there's nothing we can do about that anymore. But um, <laughs> but still, I mean, with that we, you know, there was Sting, DDP, and all them, you know, the outsiders, this, that, the other. Uh, so people grew up on that. Then there were for a brief period of time, there's new Japan pro wrestling in with English commentary on Eurosport. Uh, then in the early 2000, 2002 WWE Smackdown came to finish television. So the thing is that like where people's like, how could you say that where their nostalgic funny bone lies is in the past. It's not with the current wrestling. Now, we have wrestling in Finland right now on TV. It's the WWE's, uh, it's an edited down version of Raw and SmackDown. I think it's on a, on a one-week delay. But nonetheless, the thing is that the people that watch it, by and large, they tell me that, oh, it's not the same as it used to be 20 years ago. Not the same. I don't like it anymore. Uh, nobody's interesting. No, nothing catches my attention. I hear this all the time. All the time. And that's where what I just said to you about 
that in UFC and MMA, they train everybody the same way now. It used to be Royce Gracie was a certain style. It used to be that Dan Severn was a certain style. It used to be that uh, Kimo was a certain style. It used to be Royce Gracie was a certain style. Now everybody's the same. Used to be in pro wrestling, Bruiser Brody was a certain style. Harley Race, certain style. Ric Flair, certain style. Jake the Snake, certain style. Uh, Macho Man, certain style. Etc., etc. Now, everybody works the same. So, that's the problem. And that's why people don't find it interesting anymore. In, in my area of the world, at least. And that's why they are doing callbacks. They are nostalgic. They want something that was familiar to them when they liked wrestling. That's why Slam Wrestling Finland and Slam Wrestling Tallinn is offering you, the wrestling fandom universe out there, a taste of what wrestling used to be. Because I don't want to compete with the AEWs. I don't want to compete with WWE. I don't want to compete with Impact. I don't want to compete with even what the NWA has now turned into. They started out more promising about three years ago, and then they lost the ball. Um, they they turned out doing the same ladder matches, the same multi-man matches, everybody else doing the same spots, and they lost that uniqueness that made the NWA a love letter to the 80s. They were, for a moment, a love letter to the 1980s. So, why is slam wrestling different for this reason and this reason alone? Because the thing is that what's going to separate us from the pack? There's a lot of people out there that still want to like wrestling for what it used to be. They want, because they still feel an affinity. They feel a, a bond. They feel uh, a love for what they remember wrestling being. And I think that I can offer a piece of that to the wrestling world at large and to the people, even to the casual viewer in my area of the world where I operate, because these people have a fondness for nostalgia about how wrestling used to be. So that's why slam wrestling is unique. That's why we don't do the high spot style of today. We don't do the indirific style here. That's why we snug it up. That's why we make it credible. I, I hold my crew to the same uh, to the same credo that uh, Bill Watts did, which was that I don't want to see any bullshit out there. Now, that's not saying that 100% of the time you're not going to see any bullshit out there, but if I see any bullshit, I'm going to call them out on it. When they come back behind the curtain, I'll call them out on it. Don't let it happen again. And I do it all the time. Because it's a work in progress. Because so many people, whether the guys or the girls, they aren't used to wrestling this type of a more demanding, how could you say, where it's more that I'm giving you the guidelines of what I want from you. Whereas other promotions, it's just like, okay, we brought you in, do, what, do whatever you do. That's not me. That's not my company. Here, I expect a certain result. Have you seen the movie Miami Vice? The, yes. the one that the, the remake? Yeah. The main heel in that movie says a, a brilliant line, and it was a threat to the Sonny Crockett character and to, to Ricardo Tubbs. And he said this I don't pay for a service, I don't buy a service, I pay for a result. 
If you say that you will do something, you must do exactly that thing. So it's the same thing with me that I, I have a template as far as what I expect from my crew and what I want to achieve with slam wrestling. And I expect a certain result that you're able to do the job. If you apply for a job for a booking, so to speak with slam wrestling, you better know what it is that we expect here. You better be privy to the fact that it's not just your, whatever indie riffic that you're used to doing a uh, high spot style. You've got to be able to work and you've got to be able to go in the ring on the fly, get that job done. And that's really the beauty of what we do. We're different for a reason. Because once again, if, if I were to offer a network now and charge people for a certain service come this summer, so in August, when we open slamrest.tv, uh, and if I were to offer what everybody else is offering right now, I would get lost in the shuffle. Nothing stands out about me. I'm just like everybody else. I'm another Tope Conhilo. I'm another Tope Suicida. But I'm not. And it's crazy you mention that because I probably have to say, and don't get me wrong, I like watching High Flying. I like Lucha. I like junior heavyweight Japanese stuff. Mm -hmm. But sometimes in a match, it would annoy me seeing wrestlers do like 30 flippity floppity moves. Or do mm. like so many of all this crazy shit, right? Yeah. And, and then they will have a basic ass finisher. Yep. Yeah. And I'm happens all the time. And I'm sitting here like, okay, you just did a six thirty senton, and you did like a double, you know, dragon rana, you know, off mm -hmm. the apron, and then your finisher is just a, a sliding roll up, like. Yeah. It kind of makes you want to strangle the person. Even though you don't yeah. know the person, but yeah, just yeah. that psychology. And, and and that's another thing I noticed with slam wrestling compared to other modern promotions. Um, not only is there psychology in the matches, but there's also psychology in the promos that you guys create. Like the one we saw earlier with the uh, generation rival that's going mm -hmm. on. And uh, yeah. it, it's been a while since we've seen a generation rival built in uh, pro wrestling and I mean, you pointed them out. You had the the Misawas and the Kobashis. You had, you know, Vader and Hanson. You had Rock and Austin. You had Cena and Orton, Tanahashi mm -hmm. and Nakamura. Like, we really haven't seen a solid generation rival in probably, my opinion, the past 10 years. Yeah. Five to 10 years tops. Yeah. And, and watching the ones that the one we saw earlier, mm -hmm. um, I can definitely see many more matches with those two to come as they're just getting started. Like, I can, well, let I me can just I'll, let me give you an indication of like the level where my guys are at now. Those two guys, TT Suasalo and Dylan Broda, uh, they've been wrestling actively for just a smidge under two years now. Okay, right. now we filmed. Uh, a series, an episodic series for our coming streaming service, the slamrest.tv uh, service called Warzone, Slam Wrestling's Warzone. Right? So that's our Raw or what have you, NWA Power, what have you. Now, um, 
so we've done three seasons now, which have all been pre-recorded, which will go on to the streaming network. Now, I had one of the veteran wrestlers from the U.S. come in for a couple of those tapings uh, named Jake Ullman. And Jake is from uh, Indianapolis. And Jake's been in the business for 15 years, and he's a hell of a hand. Hell of a hand, right? One of the best. Trained by Rip Rogers, and he's he's got... He's got his. He's got the right kind of schooling behind him. When he came here a half a year ago, when we did the second uh, season run for that War Zone pre-tape, he wrestled TT Suosalo on that, and he said that it's unbelievable that you that your guys have been wrestling for a year and a half, and they have the experience level of somebody who's four to five years in. The way that they are in the room. He says, they got the experience level of somebody who's 45 years in, which tells you something about the way that I brought these kids up and about the level of coaching and schooling that we offer here. Secondly, Jake Oban just came back for the third season run, which we just filmed a couple of weeks back. And at that time, uh, or three weeks ago, sorry. Uh, and at that time, I had him wrestle T.T. Suosala once again. You know what Jake said this time? He said, this guy was good six months ago. But it's like he just improved by two years now. Wow. That's warp speed. And this is the thing. When I say generational talents, I'm not bullshitting you. It's not a, it's not a, a, a hype piece that I'm putting together to blow smoke up your ass. I'm telling you the way it is. We have something special here with these two guys. We have the future in these two guys. These are my Misawa and Kobashi. For the first time in a long time, I've been able to bring up two guys, the dueling pair, the feuding pair, that have what it takes, the mentality, the discipline. They have the work ethic. They have the character. It, I haven't seen this come across. This has not come across. Has not uh, come my way in ages. Now, in the year 2020, I trained these guys up. Inside of three months, they had their first match. Three months of schooling. Three months, two times a week at wrestling school, and they got so good so fast they were able to have their first match. Which is, by the way, uh, you can watch it. On our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash slamrest. It's S-L-A-M-W-R-E-S. You can watch it there. Dylan Broda versus T.T. Suosalo from Slamfest One Night Riot in 2020. That was their first mm -hmm. match. And it is, you can't, like, if you think of their experience level, three months of training only, twice a week for three hours a night. That match is better than most people that you will see on, I'm not going to name names now, but uh, on nationally syndicated um wrestling uh televised products so with that in mind um we're now going to be producing something called the george hackenschmidt invitational cup on may 14th in tallinn estonia tallinn is the head is, is the capital of estonia and uh for anybody who knows good for you if you don't know i'm going to educate you right now who is george hackenschmidt george hackenschmidt is the first world champion established in pro wrestling history. He is the first. 
1905, was born in 1877 in Tartu, Estonia, which then belonged at that time to the Russian Empire. So they call him the Russian Lion, George Hackenschmidt, for that reason, because he was uh, a, under the Russian, they, they were under Russian rule at the time. But George Hackenschmidt uh, moved to America and he became the first world champion, recognized world champion, pro wrestling history in 1905. Uh, not only that, but consider how popular this guy is, George Hackenschmidt. How big of a deal. He was as big or if not bigger than Babe Ruth in his day. So, Hackenschmidt is the father of the Hack Squad, found in every single gym and health center in the world today, in every health club, fitness center, whatever have you. But more than that, he is the father of the bench press. Yep. Now, every, every dude out there asks one another, yo, man, what do you bench? So if you understand how significant that question is, when you're asking all your buddies how much they bench, this is the guy that started the whole thing, George Hackenschmidt. Not only is he the father of the hack squat, the father of the bench press, not only is he the first world champion world in, in world history in pro wrestling, he is also, he was so popular in his day that Theodore Roosevelt, president of the U.S., said back in the day and by the way teddy roosevelt was a wrestler also not professional but he was into wrestling he was an active wrestler but george uh, he said that if i were not the president of the united states of america i would like to be george hackenschmidt so if this doesn't tell you how big of a deal george hackenschmidt is then i can't help you anymore um <laughs> on the 14th of may in tallinn estonia on pay-per-view worldwide 72 different countries through primefightplay.com. That's Prime Fight Play. P R I M E F I G H T P L A Y dot com. You can order the pay per view stream of the George Hackenschmidt semifinals and finals in Tallinn, Estonia for five euro ninety nine cents. That's probably about just a smidge over six bucks American. Mm, that's cheap. I, yeah, I recommend you do that. I recommend you go out of your way, whether it's seven euro or whether it's seven bucks or six fifty or whatever have you in American or Canadian. Maybe it's around seven bucks Canadian. I don't know, but order the pay per view because this is history in the making. This is wrestling like it used to be. You might have some, you might have something familiar from modern wrestling in some of the matches. You might have some guys that can do some of the modern stuff, but you will see also really fundamental, great ground game. You will see chain wrestling. You will see catch as catch can. You will see wrestling done right. Wrestling like it used to be. Wrestling like your grandfather loved. Wrestling like your parents remember. That's what you're going to see. Not from top to bottom, maybe, but for a large portion of it, yes, you will. This is in honor of the first world champion in wrestling history, George Hackenschmidt. And in honor of that, if we presented anything other than actual catch-as-catch-can, actual chain wrestling, actual real professional wrestling, I think I'd be fooling everybody. I think I'd be pulling the wool over your eyes. I'd be a shyster. That's why I'm offering you the real deal. So oh, yeah. if you want sports-based professional wrestling, let me, let me reiterate that again. If you want sports-based professional wrestling, order the George Hackenschmidt Invitational Cup semifinals and finals from Tallinn, Estonia. Go on Facebook. 
Look it up. George Hackenschmidt Invitational Cup. Look it up. And you can get through primefightplay.com, the pay-per-view stream for $5.99. If you can't make it to Tallinn, then get the stream. Because this is going to make you actually proud to be a pro wrestling fan. You're going to have wrestling that you can honestly defend to your friends and your family, apologetically say that this is what wrestling not the modern hoo-ha and the horseshit, the bells, the whistles, and all the stuff where it's like you can't believe a damn thing that you're seeing. No, this is the real deal. That's what you can be able to say. So if I were you, I'd do what I just told you to do. Get the stream. And uh, speaking of the tournament, last I checked, I think you're also in the, the semifinals as well, too, part of the final four. Yeah, I'm actually I'm going up against uh, Tucker, Paul Gallagher from Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tucker used to wrestle for NXT UK. Um, an absolutely stellar athlete. Uh, he The body control, the actual, like, just moves that this guy is able to pull off, the airiness of his, of his, uh, of his move set. And the technical aptitude of this man, the fire that he brings, is absolutely off the charts. If you don't know who Tucker is, I would recommend checking him out on YouTube um, and looking into who this guy is. Tucker from Northern Ireland. He is fantastic. And also as a person. uh, At my age, here come middle age, I only want to work with good people. I only want to work with people that are solid human beings, whose word is their bond who are honest, they have, they have integrity, that I can trust them. Um, and Tucker is such a person. So I book people in my company for a reason, too. There are some people that I book for a very specific reason. It's because they're great human beings, in addition to being really good wrestlers. So the other semifinal match, B-Block, is going to be uh, Hamo the Wildman Ukonselka, who is one of the most popular wrestlers ever out of Finland. Uh, multi-time German heavyweight champion. And somebody's wrestling in Japan, too, for Smash. Uh, against Estonia's own Mick Vinyl, Big Mick, who is a member of the Estonian Army, the Armed Forces, and the Peace Corps. Wow. Yeah. This is the real deal, folks. These are your two semifinal matches. So on the same night, semifinals and finals. So the winner of both of these, the respective A block and B block, myself and Tucker, and Hamo the Wild Man Ukonselka against uh, Mick Vinola, they're going to meet head-to-head in the main event of the George Hackenschmidt Cup for the big trophy at the end. So this is history in the making. This is paying homage to our sport, to the roots of our sport, to what it used to be. And uh, once again, it's something you can be proud of because we're doing business right. We're honoring what this business has been about, what the the tradition of the catch-as-catch-can and the fundamental ground game of hold-for-hold wrestling of what it's supposed to be. We're honoring that. And you don't see much of that. Maybe with Brian Danielson, you might see some of that in AW. But he's a breath of fresh air in that mix today. Oh, yeah. But in a lot of in a lot of other places, you don't get to see that kind of wrestling anymore. Hardly at all. You, it's just high spots, 
And that's where you're going to see more of that, that style in slam wrestling than you will elsewhere. Oh, yeah, especially um, another thing it also reminds me of uh, Ring of Honor's Pure Division, where it's basically back to that style. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe with, with us, it's a bit more gritty. Uh, from what I've seen from the pure division, uh, and this is not, I'm not put, like I'm certainly not putting them down. Um, oh, I'm no, just saying that I, I think that we are more gritty. I think it's it's we we're more rough around the edges, and for a reason. Um, once again, I want to separate slam wrestling from the rest of the pack. I want slam to be a place which has a distinct style. That when the wrestling fans of the world speak of my company, oh, I know slam. I know that. I know I know them because they're different. They have the, they they got their own style, and that's I think is going to be my power niche in the years to come, is that I'm able to offer something that nobody else is really offering, and uh, the Hackenschmidt Cup is 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 a step in the right direction. It's certainly a step into the uh, Baltic sector. I'm looking at expanding once this COVID horseshit uh, goes away, and who knows if it's ever going to go away, but. Uh, now with all the COVID passports and all the, the measures that have put, been put in to control people's lives and, uh, and all the, the different uh, testing that even flights nowadays, you still need to either show uh, a vac vaccination, proof of vaccination, or then you have to do your PCR tests and, or your antigens. Uh, but the thing is that um, if this ever really opens up to the point where we're able to do a touring uh, show, a touring schedule, I'm looking at doing the entire Baltic sector and I'm working towards that the entire time over the past three years. I've been working towards that. This is going to become a territory because I chose that. What I'm going to do with my life is professional wrestling. Unless the, the, the good Lord up above says that Michael, I want you to do something else. I got another plan for you. Unless the Lord says that to me, I'm going to do professional wrestling because that's where my gift is. That's what I'm really good at. And nobody else has what I have in pro wrestling in this area of the world. Nobody has the pedigree, nor do they have the depth, nor do they have the track record that I have in the business. I stand alone at the top of the mountain, and I say that confidently, not out of arrogance, but as a factual fact. Nobody has the pedigree that I have in this area of the world. And that's why I'm ch I've chosen to make pro wrestling uh, my go-to for the years to come. It's my ambition. It's my passion. It's my wife and my mistress. And I'm going to push it through. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to find the people, the routes, the businesses to work with to make this a touring, uh, a touring thing throughout the Nordic and the Baltic uh, countries. And who knows if I have the favor of the good, the good man, the big man upstairs, who knows, maybe I'll acquisition companies and I'll go and expand into the, the other places here in Europe too. And uh, maybe I'll take the whole continent and become the Vince McMahon of, uh, of Europe. Who knows? But that's, that's, that, that's a far shot. That's far. I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing that out there. It's just the, just off the cup of my, the tip of my tongue. But the, um, my whole point is this, that, uh, that really, um, I love professional wrestling. I love it for what I remember it being. I love what the NWA used to be in the 1980s. I love what Jim Crockett Promotions used to be. I love what Mid-South Wrestling, the Universal Wrestling Federation, used to be. I grew up on international wrestling out of Montreal, promoted by Gino Brito. 
I remember what that used to be. I, I remember Stampede Wrestling out of Calgary, which is where I was brought up in the business. So for me, I want to, I, I, I want to do that which I know how to do. And once again, what I know is classic professional wrestling. So that's what I'm going to offer you. Well, if there's any way that, you know, the whole Mike World Order brand can help spread that, let me know. I'm your guy. Um, All right. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Any upcoming events like have we've like we've been promoting the George Hackenschmidt tournament on every episode, whether it's Mike World Order live on Wednesdays or Thirsty Thunder Thursday or even Dudes Night In. We always mm-hmm. make sure that opening clip is played just so people right, can, cool. you know, see that, hey, this is the big deal. And we always mention a little small, you know, for those who didn't know who George Hackenschmidt was. That's um, good. Yeah. And Appreciate it, that. It, it's crazy because not only wrestling fans can relate to Hackenschmidt, but powerlifting fanatics can relate to it, too, because um, I knew about George Hackenschmidt as a kid. From like yeah. reading PWI as a wrestler, but it wasn't yeah. until I went into Olympic weightlifting, I learned how his name is synonymous with the bench press and the hack squat and all that. Same thing with yeah. uh, Carl Gotch and Frank Gotch and the way that they trained. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's still their their names are still relevant and not just the wrestling world, but the weightlifting world as well too. But it's the same thing with whether it's MMA or whether, you know, the, the world of mixed martial arts in general. The name Farmer Burns mm-hmm. speaks volumes to people. Eugene Sandow. People yep. should know who he is. In the 50s, Gorgeous George. Antonio Rocca. Yeah. You know, it's like these This is these are the footsteps. Luthez, it's, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying that these are the people that got us to where we are today. And you can't have a map for the future if you don't have an understanding of your past. You've got to know where you came from. You've got to remember where you came from in order to have a, a way to where you're going. So that's where, once again, with Slam Wrestling, I encourage everybody. We're on TikTok. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. And... Uh, we have our own website, slamrest.com, and everything is slash S-L-A-M-W-R-E-S, slamrest. So you can find us all over the place, and I recommend that you, you follow us and uh, and that you you like and share and, and help spread the word about the Hackenschmidt deal because it, it really is a major thing, and I've got eight co-ops already. I have Battery, which is the number one energy drink company in the world, Battery. Right, I have got uh, I've got Vatascap, which is the the top bottled water company in in, uh, in all of Estonia. I've got Gravex, which is a company that makes medals and and trophies. They are the ones that make the Hackenschmidt Trophy now. Um, I have got Nord Service, which is a logistics company. I've got uh, Recovery Clinic Tallinn Cryotherapia, which is cryotherapy which all the wrestlers can go to after their matches to get treated for the bumps and the bruises. I've got, I've got eight different sponsors. I've got a plastic surgery clinic called Finest. And I'm still looking at signing a couple more because quality comes to quality. And the thing is that you've got to be able to sell yourself 
before you can sell your product or your service. And by the grace of God Almighty, I've been able to sell myself and my persona that people know that the Rebel Starbuck, a.k.a. my real name, Michael Magellati, is as solid as solid gets. They know when I shake their hand and look them in the eye, this man is all business. He's all man. His word is good. He's a good man. And that is a reputation that will follow you around in your life. That's going to open doors for you because quality, once again, comes to quality. And I've been blessed by the good Lord above that I've been able to become a better man throughout my life through the hardships of life that they haven't broken me. They've only molded me into a better person. And because I've humbled myself every single time, whether it's been divorce or whether it's been the death of a family member or whatever have you else, the setbacks in life, I've always humbled myself, put my hands together and I've prayed. I said, Lord, let thy will be done. And man, I can tell you, it works. There is that humility when you have it. Maybe for a lot of people listening, you think, who the what the fuck are you talking about? You come across like a high hog and a fucking high horse. No, I'm talking out of confidence. You got to understand, that. folks. There's a big difference between confidence and conceit. There's a big difference, and I'm talking out of confidence. I'm talking out of life experience, out of confidence. I'm speaking with, with the voice of experience. So therefore, when I tell you these things and I give credit unto whom credit is due, unto the big man upstairs for giving me all these blessings in life, for allowing me to walk through walls, to break down the doors by his grace. That's why I'm here today and I'm able to do what I do because I have the favor of the big man upstairs. Mike, I got to get going here. I got my band Stoner Kings playing tonight in Vanta, Finland, and I got to eat something still before I take off. So I'm going to bid you adieu, and I hope that everybody oh, yeah. had uh, a good time here listening to my shizat. We also got a uh, pro, wrestling, pro wrestling podcast called Shooting the Shizat. So people say, what What are you talking about shizat? It was, is that even a word? I said, well, the carny word for shit in pro wrestling is shiznit, but I don't like – I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't like shiznit as the way that it sounds and rolls off the tongue. It, it doesn't have that gravitas, shiznit. It, it sounds like a gnat or some kind of bug. Uh, so I took the Canadian route. I said, ah, we're going to call it shizat, just like Canada, eh? You know, so it's, it's like Limp biscuit. What is Limp biscuit? Nobody fucking, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a limp dick. That's what it actually means. Mm -hmm. But um, Or Def Leopard, you know, in the 80s. What the fuck does D-E-F Leopard, L-E-P-P-A-R-D mean? It doesn't mean a damn thing. So anyways, so shooting the shiz, that's just an off take on the word shiznit. But we have a podcast with Dylan Broda uh, every single week out of out of, uh, out of Helsinki. So the top pro wrestling podcast out of the Nordics of Europe, a lot of insightful information, a lot of breakdowns, a lot of analysis uh, from an insider point of view as far as what I see in the pro wrestling business uh, happening on the, on, on the AEW WWE side and sometimes New Japan. Um, so that's pretty much, if you're interested in that, listening to something which is going to make you smarter, you got to listen to Shooting the Shiz at. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify. You'll find us on uh, all of the all the different, uh, like with Podbean and uh, and whatnot. So there you go. I hope you've, uh, you've enjoyed, Mike, and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity, and uh, we'll catch you down the line. Yeah, hopefully the next time we bring you on, uh, it'll be as the uh, first George Hackenschmidt Invitational Champion. Or that it, remains to be seen. 
<laughs> hey, you never know. It, it, whoever wins, we would love to have them back on the show. Um, there you go. Investing in all these characters on your show. I would I would love for them to be on Mike World Order just so they can have that platform to for people to get familiar with, you know, on this side of the world. You know. Well, I'm sure that I could probably organize the uh, the the winner of the Hackerschmidt tournament to appear on your podcast if you want. If you're interested in that, I'm sure that I can I can set that up I'm, for you. I'm I'm highly interested. You know, I'm uh, like I said, it's it's like you mentioned in your the last episode. You know, yeah, networking is is what helps everyone get around, and yeah. any way that I can or any of us at Mike Waldor can help with your talent to get noticed on a different higher platform on mm -hmm. this side of the world because i'm pretty sure on where you're at you're getting a buzz but to help get that buzz on the other side of the world you know i'm, I'm pretty sure that helps out a lot as well you know? yeah well absolutely and the thing is it's the the majority of my followers on especially on youtube um they they're from america uh it, like finland and germany and england all come after america in my in my uh, breakdown right so that's where you know the mass amount of wrestling fans. I think they're privy to, to my product. Um, I think the word is getting out there. It's among the boys and the girls in the business. I have people reaching out to me from from the NWA, for example. You know, looking to get booked here and, and stuff like that. So, it's 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 certainly the word has gotten out there about who we are. Um, and all around Europe, all around the world, I have people all the way from Japan asking, can I come to work for your company? I heard so many good things about your company. Is it possible? Blah, blah, blah. Of course, I have to have a, uh, a return on my investment. So if I bring somebody in, they have to make that money back. The The booking has to be worth it. Not just anybody can come here. Uh, and that's just pure business. But uh, nonetheless, I'm very taken by the fact that, um, and flattered by the fact that, that my company and the 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 acclaim of slam wrestling has spread throughout the world and that we have a very good name in the wrestling industry. We have a very good reputation. And, uh, once again, I'm, I'm just grateful for that. Hey, any way we can help. That's, that's what matters, but Starbucks, I'm going to let you go ahead and yep. you know, get ready for tonight's show. And for those who aren't familiar with the stoner Kings band, that's mm -hmm. Starbucks. Uh, leads. We're going to go ahead and uh, pop off with one of your music videos, which is a personal favorite of mine and a few others. Not because mm -hmm. of the hot blonde with the big tits on the show, but uh, <laughs> 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 the simple fact that this track, I like the hidden message that's also in it as well, too. Mm -hmm. uh, for those that are going to be watching this music video, pay attention to the inside messages of this. And while they're doing that, Starbuck, I know you're going to kick ass on tonight's show. We're going to try and get the actual pay-per-view on Mike World Order as a watch-along so fans can watch it. And, awesome. Uh, you know, and, and see what goes from there. And hopefully we can get the winner of the tournament on the show and, you know. Yep. See that, yep. See that pretty pretty ass cup that he's holding, you know. <laughs> well, remind me once the uh, tournament's done and once the uh, show is over with, uh, get back to me and uh, I'll set up the um, the winner of the tournament then to appear on MWO. Will do, partner. Will do. Okay. All right. God bless everybody and uh, thank you so much and we'll catch you next time. All righty. And here we go with the premiere, well, the Mike World Order premiere of the song Fuck AD by Stoner Kings here on MWO Super Saturday.
Once again, on behalf of Starbuck and everyone from MWO, thank you for tuning in to MWO Super Saturday. But we're not done just yet. Tune in within the next, let's say, five minutes at, well, 12.05 Eastern Pacific. We're going to do the Mike World Order Super Saturday post show 
will be joined in myself, Filthy Tom, J-Rod, and probably other members of the MWO Army. So that being said, once again, next month, hopefully we'll do another Super Saturday with the winner of the Invitational Cup. Um, something tells me I'm, I'm rooting for Starbucks only because I only know him and probably four other people on the roster. And hopefully we can get more of the slam wrestling roster on the show as well. So that being said, we will see you guys in a few minutes with the MWO super Saturday post show here on Mike world order.